888-789-3893. Spend a week away and you almost forget the number. Um, and I want to start the show off first thanking uh, Dave Martin for filling in for me last week. I had uh, unforeseen car troubles and was able to make it. So thank you, Dave Martin. I appreciate you filling in. Let me introduce our excellent panel here on the Impact Movie Chat tonight. With us, as always, Dan Messina. Dan, how you doing? I'm good, buddy. How you doing? Doing good. It's good to see you. Yeah. Last week go okay without oh, me? It went it went as, as well as it could go. Are you scared? I, I'm always scared, actually. <laughs> All right. My uh, right-hand man, as always, the Reverend Phil. How you doing? I'm doing great. Good. And you've you've been here without me before. Yeah, this so. happened. <laughs> it happens every once in a while. So you, you, you seem to be able to function fine. <laughs> I, I do okay. Good. And a first-timer. Steve Oliver, he just got done rocking us uh, yeah. as the DJ, That's spinning some great tracks me. for the last few hours. So uh, I'm glad you were able to come over. Yeah, uh, maybe uh, I'll try my hand at uh, you know doing the talk radio thing. Multi talented, I guess. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, you know I, I was a DJ once too. There you go. And, I, and as you can might imagine, wasn't very good talking on the air, but uh, somehow hardly led to this job. So uh, I'm sure he'll do fine. So oh, thank you. Thanks thank for you. joining us here. You're listening to the Impact Movie Chat. On 89FM, The Impact. As I said, it's an hour of live, a talk radio, and it's all about movies. If there's anything you want to discuss that's about film, give us a call, 432-3893. If you have any questions, concerns, comments, give us a call, 432-3893. Rumors, gossip, what have you. You want to talk about movies, you've seen something recently, and you want your opinion to be heard. It's your station. Give us a call, 432-3893. We usually kick off every show. With the Reverend's news, we turn it over to the Reverend. See what, uh, and I guess we should quit calling it news because it's mostly gossip and rumors. <laughs> uh, I was just thinking about that. At least what I talk about, right? But it's it's news to us still. It's, it's a matter it's, of semantics, really. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, the Internet Movie Database dot, dot com. They call it news, so we can call it news too. So that works. So, so Reverend, do you have anything for us tonight? I've got uh, one piece, um, which is um, kind of cute. And All horrifying. Right. Um, <laughs> okay. Michael Bay has a production company called Platinum Dunes. And uh, I don't know if this is their mission statement, but basically they only do remakes of horror movies. And Nice idea. They've done, they did the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Ew. which was, you know, financially successful. Some people liked it. I wasn't a big fan myself. I was pretty disappointed in it. And I'll admit, I don't see horror films. I, I, so I didn't see this film. But if the Reverend doesn't like it, that's good enough for me. That's it's that's solid. In, ter- in the yeah, in the realm of horror, at least. Yes, in yeah. the realm of horror only. Yeah. If there's anything to, good to say about Michael Bay, though, the guy knows how to make money. He, <laughs> he doesn't know how to make a good movie, Pearl Harbor. Uh, but uh, like, if there is money in horror movie remakes, so Michael uh, Bay will find it. Yeah. 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 All right. So so. He, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Texas as you Chainsaw said. Massacre, the recent Amityville horror, which um, hurt me. If you listened to last week's show, Dan was okay with it. Yeah, I I, I found it kind of entertaining, even with Ryan Reynolds I, in it. And I and I hate <laughs> I, Ryan I know Reynolds. You do. As, yeah, but uh, <laughs> I, it didn't kill me that much. But I can see why Reverend hated it. Okay, so they're getting a little more obscure here. So what's next on the docket? Next thing is they're doing a remake of The Hitcher. With huh? uh, yeah, if you if you don't love horror movies, you probably never heard of this film. It's got Rucker Hauer and uh, C. Thomas Howell, I believe, and the young Sounds brilliant now, young huh? Jennifer Jason Lee. Nice, and uh, it's Rucker Hauer is <laughs> is crazy. Of course, as, well, as in, in real life, he's crazy. <laughs> he's Wait, a crazy crazy. C. Hitcher. Thomas Howell from The Outsiders. 
Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, good, yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, and Chaos Ensues. Nice. And uh, Horror, also. Good. So they're doing a remake of that. Interesting. Which is, you know, okay, maybe. Um, I do love the original movie, so, obviously. Most, the, most was, likely. Of the three that I've listed, I was most cool with Amityville Horror, because I don't really like <laughs> Amityville Horror that much. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, go ahead, remake it. The other two you love, and this is... Remake it. Make it worse. Yeah. Good job. We can rebuild it. <laughs> Crappier. Longer. Stupider. <laughs> I don't think it's fair to peg uh, C. Thomas Howell as only being the star of um, of The Outsiders. No, because he, he wasn't even... He, there there was, there was, you know, well, there were a lot uh, of other stars to that movie, and he's well, just one. <laughs> I, if we're going to talk about a star of The Outsiders, let's go with one Patrick Swayze. You know, <laughs> something like that, but yes. Um, and, my, and after they do The Hitcher, their next project is a remake of The Birds... Alfred, Alfred Hitchcock. Hitchcock. Oh, because oh, yeah. that movie sucked. Yeah, so we exactly. need a remake of that. Yeah. No one, no one likes that film, and everyone hates Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, he's, and they he's, think a, he's hack. a hack. He's, yeah, a, exactly. he's an old British hack. <laughs> I, I think uh, I don't know the, the the closest thing he came to a remake of the Birds. Did you guys see the movie The Birds Two? Yep, Land's, Land's End. End. Yeah, oh, I have not seen this yeah, one. It came out in the early '90s, and it's just a classic, just a classic bad remake. Oh, yeah, man. I, I will admit I'm not a horror fan, so the films that you just listed up. I mean, I like the birds. That's it's like horror in like the early '60s. And there's different. Yeah. It's more psychological yeah. than you know a lot of guts and gore. But I'm not a big fan of horror. But I at least I kind of like the idea of the, what this company does mm-hmm. is they take well, at least the idea of maybe taking some old horror films and and remaking them, updating them, uh, whether they're good or not. It seems like an interesting concept. Yeah. Uh, well, but but if the first two that they've already done are, are horrible, well, then maybe they might want to stop it. But at least the concept I kind of initially like. Yeah. Well, you got to look at, like, what people use horror films for. Because, like, that's the difference between an Alfred Hitchcock horror film and, like, any other horror movie. Because any other horror movie is you basically just make a movie for those slumber parties where the girls all sit around, they eat pizza. Like, <laughs> that's a horror film. It's not going to be on the greatest... 100 movie list but it's gonna be like oh you just kind of listen to it okay like there's some girls over there giving me the finger like they didn't <laughs> like that comment in the other studio but, Steve uh, was talking about yeah um, so yeah. but like that's that's the horror movie so you in order to get people of this generation interested in horror movies all you need to do is just put contemporary actors in it Jessica Biel equals right. money in a, in, a, in a tank top which is which is unfortunate because uh most most of the young actors today aren't very pop, aren't very you know talented, but I guess the the concept of of refreshing, always you know remaking, that's been around since you know Griffith was you know making you know his giant you know Civil War epic. So they're always every generation you have to remake the classic stories, and so it you, pains us. You're not you're not totally against the idea of the remakes, then. I guess well, I, it's I, mo- probably mostly because you're not a horror movie fan. A horror movie fan. I guess I like the idea of a company that only does. Like that's, that seems like an interesting idea, but I hate remakes in general. There's and even also, though these are films that I don't really care about, yeah, I'm still a little upset that they, you know, that Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It was reportedly I didn't see this very very bad. You know, there's, there's another company that does this. Yeah, there? yeah, yeah. Uh, there's actually a company with I, that I thought had a really fascinating idea. Um, it's Dark Castle Productions. Exactly. And they, yeah. They were only making remakes of William Castle movies. That's it. Who is a, a B movie producer from back in the you know 50s and 60s, and um, so they did a remake of House on Haunted Hill, mm-hmm. which is horrible. Thirteen Ghosts, <laughs> yep. which 
I thought was kind of fun. I don't All know, right. but is horrible. <laughs> and then after that, they started doing uh, non remakes like oh. Ghost Ship and Gothica. Um, so you know, I'd, uh, it would have been, cool. been so cool long. if the entirety of their filmography was just remakes of William Castle movies. How hard is it to start a new company? Come on. Man. Well, also, uh, from what Steve said earlier about Michael Bay being good at making money, horror movies are movies that basically, if they already even have a script, they're not that expensive to make. And you always know you're going to make at least a certain amount of money with mm-hmm. horror movies um, in the theaters and certainly on video. I mean, it's never going to make more than a certain amount of money, is my understanding, with, with any horror movie. Oh, yeah. But it's never really going to make less than a certain amount. I'm sure Michael Bay is bright enough to know that. It's not going to make a $100 so, million dollar profit. Right. But it might make 15 It might make 15 and cost like four. Yeah. I mean, so. I mean, $15 million in profit. It might, if, yeah. oh, sure. if a movie's $30 million, it can pull in $45 million. Yeah. That's enough profit so, for a small production company if they keep it. Small. If you're not one of you know, if you're not Disney, if you're not Paramount, that's enough to keep you going. But and, for another year. and the Michigan film market, actually, the Michigan indie film market, if you want to call it that, is all basically low budget horror films. Because, I know I've seen some of these because they get distributed. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, people will rent B horror films exactly. at, at the video store. I mean, there's always there's like a like a ba- there's like a bottom out yeah. limit where they won't make less than yes. So well, and no one's because no one's picking up a B like level. Like James Joyce drama, <laughs> but but for like but like a B like a B like horror film or a B action adventure film, sure, those are gonna get rented. Those movies will make money. Right. As sad as it is to see Corey Haim in them, um, they will make some cash, which is always nice. We have a caller on the line. Caller, you're on the Impact Movie Chat. How you doing? I'm doing great. First of all, let me say I just love you guys. I'm glad to hear that. Thank you. Thank you. I listen to you all the time. Um, and I have a movie that I have always thought, man, they need to go back and remake that movie. Clash of the Titans. Ooh. Clash of the Titans. Ray Harryhausen. Yeah. Classic. Now, I think I think that that would be excellent with the modern day, you know, cinematography and the animation, the computer animation. Yeah. So you want to actually do Clash of the Titans, but you don't want it. I guess I'm having a problem with this because the whole point of Clash of the Titans is the Ray Harryhausen uh, stop motion animation monsters, but you want to do away with that and go to CGI monsters and skeletons. Oh yeah, you'd rather go to that. So I would say um, go rent uh, the Scorpion King or uh, the Mummy Returns. <laughs> that would be. I did not. I actually did not like that movie. You didn't like the Mummy Returns? Um, because that's because no. that's the first one, and I didn't like the second one. Oh, oh well. I would say because uh, <laughs> what I imagine the aspects of Clash of the Titans that would be redone. You know, kind I think of, kind a of leads of me like Lord of the Rings type thing. All right, so you like the action adventure fantasy type of type of things? You like to see that remade, that aspect yeah. of the film. But do you not like the Ray Harryhausen, the stop motion? I understand I it, it's it seems kind of hokey, but it's really classical, and I would say kind of pure. I like the whole, you know. Of course, I like the story, and I don't mind Harry Hamlin. But I'm thinking it could be taken a step farther, more like an epic, and you know. Over the top. I think it could just be better. Okay. All right. Maybe yeah. update them. Give them, I mean, when was the last time we had a uh, kind of a Greek Olympian, you know, kind of story come through? It's <laughs> <laughs> been a long time. Thanks for dropping us a line. Thanks. All right. Take care. You're listening to the Impact Movie Chat here on 89 FM. The Impact. I, we just proved it. Phone lines are open. 432-3893. Give us a call if you want to talk about movies. 432 3 89.3. You're listening to Impact Movie Chat. Dan, you had your hand up. Yeah, I like the idea, though, of, of I think, I'm usually against remakes in general, because I think it does compromise a lot of maybe what the what the director 
did 50 years ago or whatever but but i think when a movie is more based on the idea of like of like technology and whatnot and now it kind of loses some of that yeah i mean because because realistically watching clash of the titans now if you're not familiar with the the role it played and whatever you're gonna maybe think it's a little hokey and yeah. not like it as much and i think remaking a movie that was based around the idea of special effects i think that maybe can be a successful remake and that can kind of i mean it's probably not gonna be a great movie but it can maybe be a successful remake in the sense that you're updating the technology because because the original film itself is just uh, a way of you know portraying those it's uh, if i'm wrong on this I'm, which I probably am. Uh, <laughs> the film is just centered around Harryhausen's yeah. stop motion pieces, and they write the rest of the script to lead into them and to have it buttressed. You know, it's not like we have a script. Ray, can you make the effects? It's Ray. I have. Hi, I'm Ray. I have these effects. <laughs> write me a script, and that's how it's put together. So if you don't really know that, and I think this is my problem with a, with special effects. A special effects, if they were awesome when that movie came out, they're awesome forever. Mm-hmm. But I mean, so so the you know the melting faces of the melting and dying Nazis at the end of Raiders will be awesome forever, because when Raiders came out in '81, that was pretty high tech. That was pretty sweet. Yeah. So yeah. it's going to be awesome forever. But if you're going to start applying, especially since we have computer graphics, which I hate to tell you, I think look mostly bad most of the time. I think they they look fake. It's obvious most of the time. I'm like, oh, that's you know, that's a CGI Spider Man. I, I accept it and move past it, and that's one example. But for the most part, I can pick it out a mile away, and it usually doesn't look convincing. Few movies have done that. Still, say Jurassic Park and, and Term- Terminator Two are great, you know, examples of you know, let it go. But if it was awesome, then it's awesome forever, Reverend. Yeah, I, w- I would also say, also say it's interesting that she brought up Lord of the Rings because um, when Peter Jackson was talking about his his reasons for doing Lord of the Rings. I mean, one of the main ones was, I just want to do a Ray Harryhausen movie. Basically, that's what he wanted to do. He's like, I want to do a movie with big monsters and make them look cool and give them a lot of personality. I mean, you could do it, but you'd have to get a really good director. I mean, how many directors are there that can do big budget special effects, computer graphics, and actually have it not look stupid? Maybe three. You know, I that mean, there's, right. there's not that many. Like, James Cameron, Steven Spielberg, and Peter Jackson. I mean, there might be a few other ones. Thanks, but. For, not, thanks for not throwing George Lucas in there. Yeah. No, because yeah, George, George Lucas does not care. Yes. Well, George, well, George Lucas doesn't care about his movies. No. He doesn't care if they're actually good. Yeah. Because yep. the, only, the only people that he, want, he makes them for are his three children. Yeah. And, and they <laughs> sit at home and they watch them, and that's it. So he's not even – and let's face it, Lucas isn't actually a director. So we'll just move on beyond that. He's a producer <laughs> – who has now decided to ruin his legacy by getting in front of the camera yeah, one last yeah. time. Um, and we'll talk more about Star Wars as we get closer to uh, my impending you know, extra birthday this year, celebration of uh, Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Um, only, I think, uh, two and a half weeks to go. So, very excited. Um, I, I, but I think you're completely right, Reverend. It's, it's so hard. A lot of directors really don't have the chops to pull it off. A lot of things. Big budget, good is one of those things. An actually excellent film where the effects look good. Mm-hmm. Few and far between is that actually come across. Because a lot of times, most of the computer effects I've seen in the last, say, the last 15 years have not looked that good. It's, it's very obvious from the get-go. Um, case in point, the Matrix sequels didn't look good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and anyone who says otherwise <laughs> is wrong. Is, is, is wrong. Yeah. And we're, let's just put it down. Yeah. They're wrong. 
Yeah, why are we kidding ourselves and like trying to be like, oh, Oprah Winfrey and like, hey, your opinion's good too? No, no, you're wrong. Yeah, we're on the radio. They're not. Come on, <laughs> this guy knows what I'm talking about. Point Oliver. Okay, you're listening to Impact Movie Chat here on 89 FM. The Impact. Give us a call. 432-3893. 432-3893 is the number. We're talking about movies. If there's anything movie related you want to talk about? Give us a call. You're listening to the Impact Movie Chat here on 89 FM. At phone number one last time, 432-3893. All right. Anything else, you guys? Well, I guess uh, I'll Oliver. just bring this up because it's it's current. It's it just screened. Uh, actually, it's screening on campus tonight, The House of Wax. Ooh. Uh, Is that a Paris Hilton's yes. movie? Yep. There, there's, I guess it's a good segue because they write scripts around special effects, and they also write scripts around hot, uh, trendy actresses at the time. Pseudo actresses. Okay. Yeah, here's here's where we're gonna go. Here's here's where we go with this. Um, I don't care. Uh, I think Paris Hilton is is horrible, uh, <laughs> and whether she's really culturally le- relevant, yes, she is because she's there in my face all the time. But I think I'm I'm actually offended by what she really represents, like this whole movement of where or where women. I'm not saying women are this, but where it's all right for a woman to be, uh, at, you know, kind of stupid, kind of trashy, kind of slutty. Um, it's sadly enough I have to look to a South Park episode from <laughs> months ago where they put this out there. She represents that to me, and because women aren't aren't that. Um, but it's. I think it's. A, she's a horrible example for. for she's like Marilyn Monroe, but she's only a not size Marilyn zero. No, she's she's <laughs> not. She is not Marilyn Monroe. I mean, she's a size I'll tell you zero. This, on her nose I, I, is ugly, I'll, I'll tell you like, this right here. She doesn't embody like sexuality. She you know she embodies like trashy sluttiness. That's what that's what Hilton. That's, there, that's the new millennium. Yeah, yeah and don't you think that's the modern day version? Oh, and, good lord! I, mean, I hope she not. is the cultural icon of a woman right now, unfortunately, in a lot of horrible, horrible, trashy no. ways. But she, she. I mean, I can't think of anyone else who I would really I, call. I'm, I'm gonna say this: she, her being on VH1 all the time, her her Fox television show, and her like bit role in a bad movie that isn't gonna be that isn't gonna be that culturally significant within a year. Doesn't make her, I would say, an icon. She's a popular culture, she's a pop culture like you know phenomenon at the moment, but she's not gonna be an icon. Uh, just don't downplay the significance of House of Wax and the uh, the the impact it'll have on film history. It's yeah, it's gonna um, be a great the only movie. people who will remember are people who are you know who worked on this film yeah, <laughs> because in five years, not a person. <laughs> it's like what House of what House of D? Are you talking about that David Duchovny movie that comes out this week? No, it's not really gonna matter. But yes, it's playing on campus right now. Yeah, it's actually screening. Right, so the people who actually care about it aren't listening to the show. So why should we care about them? Right? <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like a plan. You're listening to the Impact <laughs> Movie Chat here on 89 FM, The Impact. Give us a call, 432 3893. 432 is the number. 3893 is the last four digits. Give us a call. You're listening to the Impact Movie Chat. Reverend, you didn't have anything else for us. Nope, that's it for me. Um, I saw on The Wire, uh, by The Wire, I just mean darkhorizons.com, uh, that. They're working. Uh, Steven Somers is working on uh, Mummy Three. Mm. So as we mentioned a little earlier, um, thank God. Did you <laughs> like Mummy? I like Mummy One. I liked Mummy One because it's you know it's a Raiders of the Lost Ark knockoff, but at least a lot of fun. Yeah, you know it's a good time. Came out just before Episode One, where we were all dying for a movie to go see because we were waiting to throw away money on that bad film. I, I even found the Mummy Two kind of cute in its own really horrible kind of a way. I don't know. Like it, it, it met my expectations. I guess is probably what I should say when when I saw it. It's I gotta it's, say the worst special effects possibly that I've seen like 
in the of this of this century. It was indulgent in a real crappy sort of way. Like the the Scorpion King rock at the end. <laughs> that was terrible. So, it was, that was the worst. That was pretty terrible. much some of the worst. And the Scorpion King. Let's not get into it. But hey, if you like the main series, possibly next year in the summer, Stephen Somers will have a third installment. And uh, rumor has it that Rodriguez is working on possible Sin City sequels right now. That, but Laura really knows if that's actually true. That would be that would be a shame uh, if he's just stepping on like it was Spy Kids. Right. But gotta get out some more of them. Yeah, those those Sin City movies. The kids are loving them. He's got another movie coming out in a couple months. He does? Yeah, isn't that uh, Shark Boy and Lava Girl, Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl? <laughs> That's not actually true, is it? <laughs> no, it is. I um, think it's coming out this summer. It actually. might be the greatest title of all time, Shark Boy <laughs> and Lava Girl. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. We have another caller on the line. Carl, you're on the Impact Movie Chat. How you doing? Hey, how's it going? Doing great. I just had a small comment. Does, does anybody else think it's a wee bit odd that, uh, since you guys were mention, mentioning Paris Hilton earlier, um, she had a, a very, 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 small role in Cat in the Hat, and I just found it really odd that she has that, that other private video that's being, you know, distributed everywhere on the internet uh, that will go unnamed for the moment, <laughs> And but she's in a kid's story. I, I find that a wee bit disturbing. I think it's I think well, I think it's even more disturbing that they got Mike Myers who yeah. is Austin Powers to, to be the cat. The entire Cat in the Hat production, I haven't, I haven't known of anyone who has seen it and gone wow that was actually solid film or that wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen The Cat in the Hat is pretty much a travesty and for anyone who liked Dr. Seuss is pretty upset with it yeah she plays a small role I think is like is like you know slut in it I'm not sure (laughs) if she's got an actual uh, role she just is hot thing in the corner I don't know Uh, but thanks for giving us a call yeah I guess one one other quick thing since you guys were talking about horror films All right. Uh, have any of you seen the movie Monkey Shines? Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's unusual. I, uh, if, if anybody's looking for a, a crazy, crazy movie to watch when they have nothing better to do, they should try to find Monkey Shines. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of that one. It's, it's very subtle and creepy. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if the <laughs> wonderful uh, biting the monkey at the end scene is very subtle, but it's very bizarre, yes, to say quite, the least. Quite. Don't give away anyway. the ending now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, anyway, uh, I enjoy the show. All right. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. All right. Phone lines are open, as you can tell, 432-3893. And, uh, oh, uh, as the host, I'll remind you, do not call in if you want to talk about Paris Hilton. We're not talking about Paris Hilton. Do not call in if you want to talk about Paris Hilton. I'll just hang up on you. But if you are Paris Hilton, yes, if you are, that's actually. But that would. But then again, I'm not sure if she would. But don't talk about yourself. Exactly. I don't think. Four three two three eighty nine three four three two eighty nine three eighty nine three is the number. Give us a call. We're talking about movies. Everything about movies. Um, I will hang up on you if you try to talk about Paris Hilton. All right, Um, Reverend. You don't have any more news. I don't have anything else that's that's that important. Uh, But I want to remind you, we're going to do some uh, reviews in just a second, and we'll be previewing. previewing <laughs> alternate uh, pronunciation of that word I'll go with um, we'll be previewing a few films including the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy as we get closer we have two excellent prize packs brought to you by Buena Vista Pictures um, we have some prize packs to give away so stick around if you uh, are interested in maybe picking up a Hitchhiker's Guide uh, book maybe um, a t-shirt um, poster if you're interested in these things stick around we got a couple prize packs to give away in the second half of this hour you're listening to the Impact Movie Chat Phone lines are open, 432-3893. We have another caller. Caller, you're on the Impact Movie Chat. How you doing? Hey, what's up? How you doing? Pretty good. 
Um, I have a comment about that. Um, I think there should be a sequel to the Event Horizon movie. Uh, you're getting okay. oh, hold on, hold on. For, like you're, you're 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 swimming upstream. I'm gonna need a really good pitch on this. Go. Why Event Horizon Two? Why? Well, because when I thought when the first one came out, I thought the movie was really good. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, I'm a, I, as I said, you're digging up. I need more and more than than Event Horizon was good. Give me more. Come on. Well, the special effects were incredible in the movie, and I thought the whole thing, how like the horror, you know, thing on like the ship was just incredible. I thought they did a good job making the film. I like I like your idea on the effects. The effects are very cool. Horror, space horror, not done enough. With yeah. Jason X, I mean, come on, let's. Say, well, but I, I like that. Jason X, though, is that they made the special effects way too crappy on that movie. Like, well, the, 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 the problem with Jason on. X is that it's the tenth Jason film. <laughs> like yeah. one or two, I can be like, oh, that Jason. But by the time you get over, you get into double digits. That's insane, and the fact that someone yeah. would go see that is even more insane. Nonetheless, but Reverend, go ahead. I, I would say I think Jason X is the best of the inevitable in space films. Yes. Of, of every uh, slasher <laughs> yeah. series. Critters, they, critters in space. You didn't like that one. Doesn't live up to Jason X. I'm just gonna no. say, but critters came from outer space, so to be in space really doesn't do. It's not a real surprise. Leprechaun in space, you know, that's a surprise. Yeah, you don't, you don't expect to see. He should be in the Emerald Isles, not <laughs> on the moon. Um, Maybe the next Mummy movie could be like the Mummy in space. Mummy in space. Yeah, they'd really have to move the timeline yeah. up. It would. Yeah, obviously. probably bye bye Brendan Fraser and uh, Rachel Weisz. Then that's probably. That's, that's so you, you think Event Horizon two? Yeah, that's where I you think get it. it would be kind of cool because I mean I like the whole like there really wasn't a creature. It was the ship was more possessed than it was like a creature. You know. I thought it was a kind of go up, but anyway, I'm a junkie for that sci-fi stuff, so... <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for giving us a call. Yeah, no problem. Have a good, good day, guys. Oh, yes, we'll do it. You. Take care. Phone lines are open, 432-3893, You'll see the Impact Movie Chat here on 89FM. How do you make a sequel of a possessed ship unless... Does another ship get possessed? Uh, I don't really know. I like don't know. maybe Because I believe the ship doesn't open a portal. Like, it has the whole idea where it's going to yeah. have space travel... By, by creating a black hole, but doesn't the black hole enter into hell? Yeah. And yeah. that's how the ship, I get in quotes, gets possessed. Um, now, I, I, Event Horizon sucks. Okay, well, let's put that there. Um, <laughs> you're listening to Impact Movie Chat. 432-3893. 432-3893 is our number. Questions, concerns, comments. You've seen anything we're talking about, give us a call. Let us know how you're feeling. You're listening to Impact Movie Chat. I'll give Event Horizon a little love. Okay, I gotta throw a shout out to I, it. Paul, Paul W. S. Anderson is my boy. And for I the guess most part. I guess for me, and this my my old roommate might, might be listening in. My old roommate Brady, who's a, who gets a mention every once in a while here on the show. It was one of those movies that he loved, and it just was like this movie's awesome. And when he would do that every few months, I just knew I was going to hate the movie. <laughs> he like one year he took me for my birthday movie to go see the. Um, this is the classic story. He, he's like, this movie's awesome. I have to take you. He's, we always just do this: trade a birthday movie. Took me to that Cuba Gooding Jr. Anthony Hopkins film Instinct because he loved it. Yeah. Brutal. There you go. Great guy. He's got good taste. He's he's he knows what he's talking about. He knows a lot about movies, but uh, but he occasionally would step <laughs> up to the plate and whiff on a big one. Um, so Event Horizon was one of those. Didn't Brady call in one week and tell everybody to go see Boondock Saints? Um, that's, <laughs> that was a joke. I spoke with him afterwards. We do not on the show recommend you see anything. We can't. We don't do that. We especially do not recommend you see Boondock Saints, which is utterly one of the worst movies of all time. Do not call in sticking up for Boondock Saints. I'm, I will just hang up on you. I usually am not like an iron fist, but I've been away for a week, and I'm kind of cranky. So 
If you like Boondock Saints, go to the message board at www.impact89fm.org. Open up a thing that says Boondock Saints is awesome. Go ahead, but do not call in. If you want to talk about something else involved with film, give us a call, 432-3893. All right. We're going to switch gears right here. We're going to our review section of the night. A few of us saw a few things over the wink. Dan, you were able to check out the latest opus from Aston Kutcher. I was. Uh, and uh, Amanda Peet. Yep. Uh, bravo, lot, Dan. Bravo. A lot like love. You, got, I, you know what I love? That alliteration. That was nice. A lot like love. A lot so, like love. That's uh, true. Give me your short spiel on this because I imagine this movie wasn't good. But maybe it was. I thought it was cute. Cute, he says. Yeah. I, I did. I've been taking a lot of uh, stuff for, uh, for having gone see this. Um, but I, uh, I, thought it was, I thought it was very cute. No, no, no. Um, I'll never give you any stuff. In quotes, stuff. Stuff. For, for seeing a film. Okay. Just depends on if you liked it. So let's hear more about how you enjoyed this movie. Um, I thought it was. I thought it, I thought it was a cute film. I mean, it's it's a romantic comedy. It, it takes place over the course of seven years, where Ashton Kutcher and Amanda Peet, um, I guess, kind of run into each other every so often. And then they're like friends. They're like friends, but they're not going to get together. Actually, the first time they see each other, and it's given away in the previews, so I, know, I don't feel I too bad. They're on a bus, this. aren't they? I believe on a on a in an airplane. Yeah, whatever. Same. They so. do the same thing. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I thought it was, I thought it was a cute movie. It, it, it has a few flaws, but, uh, I would actually, I'd, I'd stick up for Do it. Do those kids get together in the end, if I can ask? Um, I, I don't want to spoil Don't the give ending. away the secrets. All right. I can't, All right. I can't do that. I, I imagine. You're left in suspense. I imagine you know, this is for a, a while. This is like, it's like Harry Met Sally for our generation with bending guitar riffs and the cooch. It's, uh, and it's got lots of modern music in it too that you it can hear on, uh, other radio stations and, uh. And uh, I don't know. It's 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 a cute movie. All right, a lot like love. Cute, cute. Says Dan Messina. Yeah. All right, that's excellent. And Dan, you were also able to check out Kung Fu Hustle. We were actually able we to check it out together this Kung afternoon. Kung Fu Hustle. That's right. Um, what'd you think of it? I liked it. This is the latest from Stephen Chow. Yeah. Uh, most uh, his last film was uh, Shaolin Soccer, which there's a slight allusion to in the film and in the trailer. Which I'm actually I haven't seen that, and I'm glad I haven't because I think a lot of the uh, enjoyment i got from just seeing kung fu hustle it might have been taken away because from what you've told me yeah like it's kind of there's a little bit of more of the same it's between more of, it's more of the same so i uh but i i really enjoyed it it's it's really different than almost anything i've really ever seen it's um, it's a very fun his his comedy i i they come came out of the woodwork with for kung fu hustle and because no one apparently was going to pay attention to shaolin soccer that it's you know it's like quentin tarantino and it's you know like you know so, you know, Wire Foo, it's, it's like a Buster Keaton film. But I saw Shell and Soccer. It's kind of, that's, that's his milieu. That's what he does. It's weird. And I, He's I, got this very strange, very over-the-top slapstick uh, kung fu that's so, you know, CGI infested. It's Wire Foo to the max. There's no reality to the actual action sequences, which is great and very tongue-in-cheek and a lot of fun. But, but I guess it just doesn't work for me. Oh, you're not into that? I guess I, I didn't like Shaolin Soccer that much, and I thought Kung Fu Hustle was cute and fun. And I know there are a lot of people that are going to love it. I just have to say it doesn't work for me. I don't really think it should be compared to Tarantino, though. Oh, I think, no. I, well, I, think it's, I think it's a bad... I well, think the idea that it's got Kung Fu and, and, and Tarantino films are, yeah. are funny, but in a completely well, different way. The, the, the problem is, and I, I think the, the quote comes from Roger Ebert, um, where he compares that it's, you know, he, Stephen Chow does this, Buster Keaton meets Twin yeah. Tarantino plus... Um, that's really I mean, the only the only Quentin Tarantino film that actually fits in this, of course, is Kill Bill Volume One. Yeah, and that's because he's 
going out, Tarantino goes out of his way to step outside of what he usually does to create a, a kind of a wire foo exploitation film to the max. Um, and so to really put it in there, it's button, Buster Keaton, um, sorry, Buster Keaton esque, definitely. But that's what Stephen Chow, I think, works in. He, his, his films, I didn't think this was like so revolutionary. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's a very interesting, funny time. Um, I'm not always the biggest fan of his story elements that he uses. There's always some love relationship between, of course, himself, as he plays he plays the main character in all of his films, and some woman. Um, but it's always just thinly veiled and doesn't really work. But uh, even it's a fun time. It's I would a fun say movie. even if you don't like the storyline, I think it's it's uh, wildly entertaining. Oh, I, I agree. It with really that. is just one thing after another of just uh, I don't know. It's 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 a lot of fun. I, I like the story, and I would I would what? give it a probably much higher mark, but. Um, yeah, even if you don't like the story, I think it's it's incredible. Like over it. the top. It's it's a comedy, so is it laugh out loud funny? No, I'm, really. I'm just gonna put that there. Honestly, and that might be because it's a, it's subtitled. There were a couple of moments. There are funny moments, but it's not laugh out loud funny. Okay, I'm gonna put that down to mostly yeah. because it's. I'll put it down mostly because it's subtitled. When you're reading the joke, not necessarily is. And a lot of the jokes, I'm not a, the kind of person who really loves slapstick. And a lot of the joke is a lot of the jokes are visually funny, but that doesn't really that's not doesn't bust a gut with me. Even the funniest slapstick comedy doesn't really. It's usually, you know, elicits like a <laughs> that was cute. I'm gonna make a horrible generalization and say that I think humor is one of those things. It's it's really hard to translate from. I mean, I yeah. don't know, from culture to culture yeah, and but, and from era to era. I think a lot of things that are comedies from the 1950s aren't really comedies now. I can watch them and like them and be like, okay, that's kind of neat, but I won't laugh out loud the same way I'll, I'll laugh out loud at you know at like The Office. Or styles like that. styles change. Styles so. change, and especially between countries and. Doesn't matter, but sure. no, but it's it is very entertaining. Yes, doesn't work for me. It's not necessarily one of my favorite films, but it is entertaining. I wouldn't necessarily say don't go see that one. Mm-hmm. All right, that is Kung Fu Hustle, that is also in theaters right now. You're listening to the Impact Movie Chat here on 89 FM. The Impact. I want to remind you once again, we're going to give away a couple prize packs uh, towards the end of the show. So stick around for that. Uh, in the prize pack, brought to you by Buena Vista Pictures for the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which I'll talk about in just a minute. That's uh, a theater-sized poster. Uh, a T-shirt and a uh, novel of the of the of well, it's a copy of the novel by Douglas Adams, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. We got two of those prize packs. We're going to give those away towards the end of the show. So if you're you're waiting, you're, you're waiting to ring in, hold on just for a little bit longer. You listen to the Impact Movie Chat. Switch gears from reviews real quick. Just want to check. Did anyone else see? Did anyone say anything lately, Steve? Did I see that's, anything that's, lately? That's fine. That that's fine. That's, I don't if, think so. If you can't think of anything, that's fine. <laughs> Let's switch into previews, um, or as I like to call our Jack section of the show. Um, three new movies come to theaters starting tomorrow. Um, they are The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Triple X, State of the Union, and House of D. Uh, each of these films is is interesting in its own regard, and um, each one of them may either be awesome. Or really sucky. And uh, we'll get into that right now. Um, let's talk about The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And when we start this off, let's give away that first prize pack. Caller number 2 to 432 432-3893 is going to get themselves a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy package. An impact package of t-shirt, a novel, a poster. It's awesome stuff that you can pick up here from the station. Caller number two, 432-3893, 432-3893. You're going to pick that up. Because now we're going to talk about The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It's rated PG. 
Um, and these are based. This is based on the novel of the same name by Douglas Adams, uh, which is based on the BBC radio production by, by Douglas, Ra- Adams. Douglas Adams. It's very. <laughs> there are multiple things which led into a television series, which led into a record, which led into other books that are kind of kind of jumbled around. So it's it a television series. Yeah, BBC uh, miniseries, miniseries yeah. that covers okay. it. And there, so there was also a uh, a computer game, yeah. which I actually played when I was pretty young. It was back before graphics; yep. like you had to actually yep. type in. That dates like me a, a little bit there. Like a yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows you're in your fifties. Yeah, 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 that's um, true. That's true. But no, uh, it's but yeah, this it's so many different versions of this. So this is one of those adaptations. I'm automatically going to say, the fanboys, just relax, <laughs> let it go. It's different because it originally started as a BBC radio production. And he went back and then put down, I think, the first six scripts into book form. And the second book is actually the next six, but in a different order. It's like 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Then, you know, they, they moved them around strangely enough. So it's actually six and se- 7 and 8 actually come at the end. Anyway. That's interesting. It's, the inter- it's a long story, too, and I'm trying to read them right now. That's always fun. But it's the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Basically, the story is uh, follows Arthur Dent, who's having a bad day, because he wakes up, finds out his best friend's an alien, and that his planet is about to be destroyed for a hyperspace highway. Correct, Reverend? Interstellar bypass. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much the same. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, same, same difference. Um, and his house is going to get destroyed for a highway day. bypass. It's on yeah. the same day. Nice little, nice little crossing of those two concepts. Um, and then... Dot, dot, dot. Sci-fi hilarity ensues. Uh, he meets, uh, for a mild-mannered human, to go across the galaxy, um, learning everything he can from the book of said name, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, this one stars Martin Freeman. Uh, you may know him as Tim from The Office. Um, he also had a small role in Love, actually. Um, it also stars Most Deaf um, as Ford Prefect. Um, Sam Rockwell is uh, Zaphod Beetlebrocks. Z- yeah, Zaphod Beetlebrocks. Yeah. And uh, uh, Zooey Deschanel is Trillian. Also, uh, the voice of Marvin, the paranoid android, is brought to you by Alan Rickman. It also features uh, Bill Nighy in the film as well. So it's it's got a nice cast. I like the cast so far. A um, little worried about the director. Um, it is Garth Jennings. Um, as This is his first film. There's an interesting reason why. It was originally offered to Spike Jones, who did Adaptation, being John Malkovich. He was unable to do it and passed it along. He said, I got some guys for you. Michelle Gondry, have him do it. Michelle, I think, believe passed. Yeah, Michelle Gondry did Human Nature and my favorite film from last year, uh, Eternal Sunshine, The Spotless Mind. The next person, Spike, said, well, can't get them. Get one of these two guys who are nicknamed Hammer and Tongs, who are video directors that he knows. One, I believe Tongs, is... Garth Jennings. Uh, his work so far is the Blur video, Coffee and TV. Which is uh, cool. Yeah, the REM, the, um, REM video, Imitation of Life. That's also cool. Also very yeah. cool. And I believe the intro to the Ali G show yeah. is done by him as well. So just from those alone, he seems very Michelle Gondry, very Spike Jones. So hopefully, I think those are two great directors right now that are working. Hopefully that will translate into... Uh, an ex- exceptional film. I have not read the books myself. I- I'm trying to read the first two right now. I believe it's based on the first two, which are The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And the second one... Restaurant at the End of the Universe. Thank you. Thank you. That is the yeah. title. I believe it's the first two installments. I guess as someone who's a non-fan, who's hasn't, who's 
enjoying the books as I'm reading them, I'm willing to get a little more leeway because the films themselves, uh, this film has been in developmental hell for 20 years since the, the books originally came out. Uh, it's finally going to get to the big screen. But I, I think there's so many different versions that are slightly tweaked that I think a lot of, this is one of those few instances in which fans of the original material should kind of relax on the adaptation. But Reverend, let's, you're a big fan of these. Yeah. How do you feel about this? Have you seen the trailer? Have you seen any of the information about it? I have seen the trailer. Okay. Um, I didn't really like the trailer that much. And it might have just, it might have just not been that good of a trailer. But it, it made me not that excited about the movie. All right. And, and mostly as a fan, like, but I, I think I've come to terms with, yeah, you know, it, there's a high potential for this disappointing me. So I'm just trying to lower my expectations as much as possible. Just try to enjoy it as a film, not try to see it as an adaptation. Okay. So. That's good. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Safe way to look at it. <laughs> if you're going in expecting to read the book on screen and see everything in your head, then that it's not going to be a good movie for you. Yeah. Oh, I imagine. I've, and I've just started reading the first one. And the writing is really witty. Mm-hmm. Incredibly smart. A lot yeah. of fun. Very tongue-in-cheek and just... You know, it, it's it's sci-fi, but it makes fun of sci-fi as it goes along. It's very descriptive. To really expect to see that on screen is going to be very difficult because a lot of it is the the best parts are to me seem like the narration of the tone of it, and I'm not sure if those are easily uh, interchangeable onto film. So, well, to be a to be a first-time director and take on a project like this, you got to have some balls to do that because <laughs> you know, speaking from like a, a film student perspective, like. Can you imagine? This is your first movie, so it's it's got to be good. You have that pressure, and you have the entire following of this book series breathing down the back of your neck, like this better be good. This better be good. They've been waiting like, twenty years for it. Yeah, so this guy, this guy gets some respect from me for taking this on as his first project. And usually, especially on this show, we make fun of video directors. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we we wear that on our sleeve. Brett Ratner. Uh, well, he sucks because he's a video director. <laughs> a Brett Ratner, Brett Ratner film. Yeah, yes. uh, most people, yeah, most video directors. I'm sorry, everyone who's watching MTV right now. Those people are not talented. Okay, they do not know how to really actually direct. You know, they're just making the same thing over and over. That Hoobastank video, just, that they were making that it was you know that was a Duran Duran video. You know, and 20 years ago. Is exactly. Uh, so, <laughs> but there are a few that actually are able to make that transition. Uh, Mick G is not one of them, but Spike Jones and Michelle Gondry are, and uh, if they're if they're at least kind of that of that style, and at least they have the respect of each other, maybe that gives me some hope that though he is a video director, it might be good. Dan, are you a fan of the books? Have you read them? I've never read them, and so. and you know I was considering reading them before seeing the movie, but I'm actually kind of glad that I haven't because I won't have that expectation going in. But I think my plan is to see the movie and then go read the first two books. Yeah. I'm I'm doing I have I've never read them and I'm I'm reading the first two right now. And my idea is that if I just read them now, I'll be able to enjoy them in a vacuum by themselves. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But I won't have loved them for years that the film has so much to to overcome. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting. Next week we'll definitely have reviews of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um and stick around, we still have another prize pack to give away and we're gonna give it away in a, you know about ten minutes or so. So stick around, one more prize pack to give away. But next week, I promise you, we'll have some reviews of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Also out this week, another interesting film, and this one I point for the Reverend, is Triple X, State of the Union. Nice. Triple X 2, it's PG-13, so you know it's going to be awesome. (laughs) Um, 
Nothing better than an action adventure movie, like with the PG thirteen. Right. It's like you know, because you know, it's not going to cross that line <laughs> that it needs to cross to actually be super sweet. Um, it stars uh, well, not Finn Diesel. Sadly, the Diesel will not be joining us. Why? Why was that actually? Um, because I think the Diesel thought he was too good for this. Oh, so yeah. he turned it down. He did the pacifier. Yeah, Diesel doesn't tend to do sequels. He did. Uh, he did the Chronicles of Riddick because it was. Like something a little different, but I will give him like he. It's strange he doesn't really have much taste in movies, but he won't do sequels because <laughs> he like thinks it's a step down or something. Pacifier, yes, <laughs> sequel to Triple X. I'm above that. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, but back in his place uh, is Ice Cube. Yes, the the Ice Cube will nice. be in it. Um, also, Sam Jackson, Willem Dafoe, he's the baddie in it. Uh, Scott Speedman and X to the Z. Exhibit. He's not just pimping your ride. He's rocking you out triple X style. Um, basically, uh, there's going to be an assassination on the on a very popular president, uh, and they need a new triple X, a triple X who's more dangerous than the original triple X because <laughs> the original triple X, which was Xander Cage, is that is, yeah, yeah, is gone. He's dead, yeah. I believe. Uh, if you check out the um, <laughs> the triple X director's cut DVD, I believe there's a short story that explains. His passing, sadly enough. Um, it's so lame. Yes, 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 <laughs> so, like. yes. Sam Jackson has got to recruit a new Triple X. One that is, as the trailers say, more dangerous. Ice Cube is the man for you. Um, now, now, just a quick plot question. Not that I should be asking <laughs> any do, of these. Do feel free to. Plot questions. I, I'll but, laugh all I want. But, but the reason he was called Triple X had nothing to do with his position. Right? Wasn't he just that because he, before he was in that position, had the three X's on the back of his neck? I, I believe, wasn't he prior like, to that? Yeah, I thought he was so... like an extreme sports <laughs> activist. He was wow, an activist, first time that's ever right? been said. Yeah. A st- extreme sports right. activist. And yeah. he had the triple X's on the back of his neck. And then Sam Jackson recruited him. Well, Sam Jackson, well, if you want to combine all these strange coincidences, Sam Jackson also says triple X, that's appropriate because this is your third strike. Oh! You're going to you're going to prison oh. unless you work for us. Yeah. So I think this is a Ice Cube is a guy in the military who goes to military. He's going to go to military, military prison, prison, and then they recruit him. Does so he also have X's on his neck? Yes, he does. He does. I've seen the. That's shots. actually true. He, I believe he has X's on the. I'm gonna have to ask the Reverend <laughs> because I know. I'm, I, I actually, demand this. The Reverend has to go see this movie. I, oh, I will go see this. Movie. Yes, because you like Triple X One. I love Triple X One. I know you did. Even though this does lack um, the Diesel and uh, Asia Argento, which honestly are the reason you saw the first one. Were the reasons I went to see the first one. I, I loved them. I also just found it the movie so deliciously ridiculous that I've I've watched it many times and never get sick of it. I'm hoping I watched that, it many times with you. Yeah, and I've gotten extra sick. <laughs> So uh, I'm hoping that this lives up. I don't know if it can live up to I, the awesomeness of the original. I am going to say this is going to be a train wreck from the get go, <laughs> and you're going to love it. Yeah, like it's yeah, like they, yeah. <laughs> I, I, if they actually succeed at what they're trying to do, I'm probably going to hate it. Yeah, they, but if yeah. they totally fail, like don't the first movie, join up. yeah, don't try to do that. Yeah. All right. Oh, um, one last bit of information for you. The director. Usually, it's you know, it's some guy first time feature, someone who you know, I'm the director of barbershop, or I did you know. You know, um, after school, I did you know, someone who's done a few things. Doesn't really matter. This one, I think, is perfect for you, Reverend. Yeah, it's brought to you by Lee, Lee. Tamahori, by Mr. Tamahori, 
who you may remember as the director of the worst Bond movie of all time, Die Another Day. The one that was going to be the Bond that took it to the next level. The last James Bond film. Because they had a real director doing it. Mm -hmm. Lee Tamahori. That movie is horrible. He's also the director of Along Came a Spider. Brilliant. Classic. Good. Um, The Edge. Oh, Michael... uh, Alec Baldwin and uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins. Classic. Good. Mulholland Falls. Nick Nolte is resplendent. Wow. And Once We're Warriors, which I'll leave alone. Which is good. It's got Tamira Morrison. He's Jingle Fett. So I'll I'll let that go. But Lee Tamahori, Reverend... Christmas just came early for you. I think, Ooh, this year. So I think die another uh, day. I think nice. I think that nice. movie was horrible. Yeah. And once again, if you like that movie, don't. and you seriously like it, if you don't, if you like it in the campus deck, like it's so bad, it's good. That will allow. But if you actually think it's a good movie, on its merits, I think you know where I'm going. All right. <laughs> the last film out this week that's brand new is House of D PG thirteen, uh, from first time director and X Files star David Duchovny, starring. David Duchovny, also with um, Teo Leone, uh, his wife. You may have seen in quite a few things like Spanglish. Robin, Academy Award winner Robin Williams, including his wife as well, uh, Zelda Williams. And Erica Badu uh, is in House of D. House of D is, we'll, we'll get to this in a second there, um, is a film that I've been searching for an actual synopsis for. I've been trying to figure out what this movie's about. It's about an artist who's living in Paris who's looking back on his life and trying to find out how he's gotten to the point where he's at, what really you know, conspired to bring him to where he's at. And he looks back to the past, and he looks back to his childhood growing up in Greenwich Village. Um, the interesting part is David Duchovny directs himself as the artist, grown man. And when he looks back, the woman who plays his mother is his wife, Taya Leone. Very nice. And it's a story about how Creepy. the strange people in his life, um, a, a, pers- a woman named Lady, who is a who was, uh, I think, uh, on the wrong side of the law, played by uh, Erica Badu, and a mentally handicapped janitor, played by Robin Williams. How they shaped his life and made him who he was. It was a turbulent time in this young boy's life. How did he get here? Um, this sounds horrible. <laughs> Dan, you had something to say. I've seen the trailer for Oh, this. brilliant. Um, I've been trying to see it, but I haven't been able to. Yeah, um, it's, it's online. You can find it. And, uh, I mean... It's one of those things where Robin Williams really appears to be hamming it up and I am really Sam? I am samming it, mm-hmm. aiming for an Academy Award with nice. this one. Like I could just picture the Oscar clip already. It looks, and I think he even I think he's even supposed to be maybe the same age, maybe a little bit older than what Duchovny is supposed to be. But he's supposed to be like at one point maybe like twenty. And like, like and like, yeah. I mean, they're like kind riding like a, a bike around, but kind of crooked. And I mean, yeah, it, it 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 looks atrocious. I mean, this movie looks like, I mean, unwatchable bad. Is is is? I mean, I'll maybe it's say. great. Maybe it'll be wonderful. All I have it, to say is, Robin Williams retarded. Done. If, if that's if, honestly, try to overcome that to say it, why I have to see. It, this it looks movie. like it's a movie that has a an inspirational, mentally disabled person. And frankly, I hate every single one of those movies. So so if you like Geely. Except for Chile. <laughs> <laughs> so if you liked radio, you might like House of D uh, from first-time director David Duchovny. Um, if you liked The Other Sister. Yes, <laughs> you may like The House of D by David Duchovny. And you'll find out why it's called The House of D, uh, or just House of D, which I guess is the proper title. Uh, it's first-time director David Duchovny once again. You know him as Fox Spooky Mulder from The X-Files. Always a good time. Also, House of D, PG-13, 
Triple X State of the Union, also known as Triple X2, that's PG-13, and The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, PG. Those are all the brand new things coming to theaters near you just a little bit. Right now, with that, we're going to give away our second Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy prize pack. Once again, that is a t-shirt, which is pretty sweet. A theater-sized poster, awesome. And a copy of the Douglas Adams novel of the same name, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Call in caller number two to 432-3893, 432-3893. Give us a call. Pick up that price pack. You will not be upset because this stuff is awesome. All right? So if I could just jump back for a second. Uh, we all know that uh, what Mulder, what's his name again? David Duchovny. David Duchovny. We all know that he's a really bad actor. Uh, like how, how do you get past like casting yourself? When you know you suck that much. Well, no, no, no. First of all, first of all, I don't think he thinks he sucks. Uh, yeah. I think he thinks he's pretty awesome. And I'll, but I'll let you know. I saw Playing God on uh, WGN the other day. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that he is. is that is a horrible and movie. And I will say, but it's, it's a great archaeological find because yeah. you gotta love seeing yeah. Angelina Jolie when she's just like hot John Voight's daughter, like when she's just like trying to make it in the biz. But like before she becomes like ultra sex bomb for our generation exploding mm-hmm. in your face. Watch out, Brad Pitt, Jennifer Aniston. I will ruin your marriage. Yeah. Allegedly. Um, <laughs> but like it's it's good to see it. But yes, he is horrible. That movie's horrible. Oh man. It's interesting you bring that movie up because when it came out, I was like, oh, you know, the the, the star from hackers. Yeah, I was it was kinda like, oh, that 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 Fox show I love and, and he's he's the star of it and he's saying cool things on the trailer. Like maybe it would be good. Nope. It's the worst. <laughs> Rug pulled out. Not very yeah. good. <laughs> Playing God. Not a good movie. But fun nonetheless. Fun nonetheless. No, it's... I don't know what he's thinking. But I think he probably doesn't think he's a bad actor. He's just very... Very stoic. He's He'd make a good Vulcan. He should be... Should be he should he have... could be Spock. Instead like of being that. on... Yeah, Madison, that's a good should, idea, actually. He should have been on Voyager. Star Trek Voyager as Tuvok. Yeah. Nerd alert here. And uh, that's what should have happened. That's what. That's really what he should have been pegged as. Sadly enough, did not work out. Is Enterprise still on the air? Enterprise is going off the air within the month. Really? Forever. So, so what's Scott Bakula gonna do? Um, uh, f- hopefully, uh, Quantum Leap reunion show. Him and Dean Stockwell getting back together, leaping around. Or speaking of horror remakes, how about Lord of the Illusions too? <laughs> I'd be down for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we, Phil, get on that script immediately. We'll send it out to Hollywood. <laughs> Sounds like a plan to me. Um, I want to remind you also this week on uh, Rental, uh, Lemony Snicket's a series of unfortunate events, Blade Trinity. Dan, how was that movie? Um, I, it might have been the worst movie I saw that year. Worst movie of two thousand four, maybe. Reverend, do you concur? Absolutely awful. Absolutely awful. So Blade Trinity, I will admit, I'm going to check this movie out just because of that. <laughs> just because, just like, to finish off the trilogy, I like the Blade movies, you got to do it, sadly enough. Uh, yeah. Speaking of bad horror movies, I like Blade Trinity, uh, Darkness, the um, Wes Craven, Kevin Williamson picture, uh, which starred... No, wait, I'm completely... No, off. no, that's no, cursed. That's, that's cursed. cursed. Darkness is Anna Paquin. Which one is this again? Uh, Just a horrible horror movie. Oh, is that the one about... Is it about a house that's... Yeah, yeah, Haunted House. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Lena Olin's in they it. They came around around the same time, didn't yes. they? Yes. So that's why my wires are crossed. I apologize <laughs> once again. And uh, Oscar bait alert. Um, the Assassination of Richard Nixon, starring Sean Penn and Naomi Watts. Uh, that is out in theaters. Uh, out at your rental store this week as well. 
Um, lately, we haven't been doing the video pick of the week um, for some unknown reason. I don't know why not, but uh, I've decided to, to resurrect it um, in our last month here on the station. And uh, usually, we pick the video pick, you know, because it's Dennis Quaid's birthday. And uh, we're going to, you know, pick Inner Space, which is a really awesome movie. But we always we usually pick it along a theme, or we're talking about noir films, so we pick, you know, Miller's Crossing. We pick along those lines. I'm going to go back to what we originally went for as the idea of the video pick. Something you've seen recently that, that really knocked your socks off. A film I saw the other night that I've been gradually dodging for months is a French documentary called To Be and To Have um, by Nicolas uh, Philibert. And I, it's one of those things, it's acclaimed. It was at Cannes. It was at the Toronto Film Festival. Oh, Sunday. It was everywhere. It, it, festival circuit. I didn't really want to check this one out. Um, and it tells a story of basically a year in the life of a small rural French school uh, in which the teacher, uh, Georges Lopez, um, teaches, you know, only a dozen children ranging from age 3 to 10. And you get to see their lives and see how they just really learn. It's actually a very interesting experience. Basically, to me, that sounded like the worst, most boring film of all time. And I've been dodging it for a long time. <laughs> Finally sat down and watched it. And it actually kind of blew me away. Because as far as the documentary goes, usually most of them you get are, you know, you're making of documentaries, you know, for films. Or you're, you're Michael Morris. You're, you know, even, even Errol Morris, who's brilliant, you know. Or you're Ken Burns. It's, there's the set style. Um, this one didn't have a lot of the usual things. Um, it didn't have a voiceover narration. It didn't have all the talking heads where they sit down and interview. They didn't sit down and chat with the kids or talk to the teacher, really. It's just, as Errol Morris tries to put his films out, nonfiction narrative where it was completely shot as though it were a real film just happening. We were going to see a very slow, and the film is incredibly slowly paced, film that's just a look at this kind of slice of life, a small rural French town, watch this, these children grow and you know go through the educational style in this area. I found it very, very fascinating, and it's very interesting. Slowly paced, drew me in. Um, the kids are characters in themselves. And you really feel like when the you know when at the end of the school year you really feel for the teacher and it's wonderful. Um, so it's uh, the French documentary to be and to have. I really did not want to check this out. It's not like any other documentary that I've seen. It doesn't narrate. It doesn't introduce me to the characters. You know, with with little name titles underneath. You know, you know JoJo age you know six. I don't get to. I don't get to. You slowly get to meet everyone. You slowly get to kind of feel. Um, like you get to learn and love about these kids. They're just, it's a great documentary. It's one of the few films I've seen recently that kind of just blew me away and I really enjoyed. I will admit, definitely not for everyone. Um, not necessarily going to recommend it to the Reverend. But uh, for a video pick, few things lightly have I seen the last month or so that have, that have kind of moved me this much. And it interested me at least this month to make a video pick. So that is the French documentary from Nicolas Philibert, um, To Be and To Have. All right, has anyone seen this? No. Mm-mm. I've heard about it. The critiques I've heard, I've heard it's very good, but I've heard that it kind of celebrates French provincial life and that maybe a little bit much, but everything else I've read is that it's it's supposed to be a really good experience. That's what I, I guess I don't know what's wrong with French provincial life. <laughs> well, it's just, just the idea that, hey, look how great and yes. rural we are. We're, we don't need all this other stuff. I understand, yeah. The concept right. that, you know, that there's something... I think, But I think to a degree, and let's be realistic, we live in Michigan. I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to... Sure. Know, I mean... I grew up 30 minutes away in a cow town that was, that was rural and very, you know, much more simple than even East Lansing. 
if you can imagine that. <laughs> but it's it's a different lifestyle, and there's nothing wrong with celebrating that. But I don't think it's it's not Jangoistic. It's not too overt. It's just here's it's a slice of life that you're not going to see, but a very interesting way that's presented. So I enjoyed it. All right. Cool. So with that, we're done. We're done with the show. Uh, once again, I want to thank Dave Martin for filling in for me last week. Thanks a lot, Dave. Uh, for our for our panel, Dan Messina, the Reverend Phil, Steve Oliver, I'm Brad Brooks. Thanks for hanging out with us. I want to remind you, the basement's up next. The best in local music. You like local music? Spins ready to rock you out hard right now. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Good night. Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact. <laughs>